allow me just to go back to that and read a couple of verses that you're reminded of what Isaiah is speaking about here. Starting in verse 2, the prophecy begins, In the last days the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as chief among the mountains. It will be raised above the hills and all nations will stream to it. Many peoples will come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways so that we may walk in his paths. The law will go out from Zion, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. This is the word of our Lord. Right here in Manhattan, just uh, across the street from the United Nations in what's called the United Nations Plaza, there's, there's a, a, a sign there that's written, engraved in stone, and it says this, taken right out of what Isaiah says for today, actually a part that I didn't just read now, but it says in verse 4, it says this on that sign across from the United Nations, they will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Isaiah's purpose in writing those words was for peace. What Isaiah was speaking about was an incredible amount of peace that was coming because of our our Savior. And now the United Nations, they are all about peace. They want to remove all war from this world, don't they? They want to help anyone who is being slaughtered innocently. That is their goal. That's their hope. And so they use this sign, this reminder from Isaiah about peace. And yet... The peace that Isaiah was speaking about in these words was a much greater peace than what the United Nations wants to achieve by their efforts. There are many different types of peace that people desire. Some people want peace in their relationships, peace um, with their spouse so that they don't have arguments anymore. Some people want peace with their children because they don't understand each other. People want peace at work so that they can simply work in peace. But that peace that people desire is nothing in comparison to the peace that Isaiah was talking about in this lesson. During this holiday season, as Christmas is beginning with the kickoff of of Thanksgiving, peace on earth is the theme that you see all over the place. You see the, the banners on both sides, peace on one side. The peace that is ours that people sing about, and, and you see the kindness that people have, at least for the temporary amount of time this season, they are extra peaceful. They are trying to help other people in more ways. This is the time of year when people give more donations toward charitable organizations. And it gives them peace inside to be able to spread that type of peace, and it also, they know that it gives other people joy and peace too. But the peace that Isaiah was speaking about was a much greater type of peace. A lot of people think during this time of year that Christmas is all about family time. The peace that we can have in family time. So even the most ambitious worker, the most workaholic person will even take time off at this time of the year for family, to enjoy the peace that family brings to them. The peace that Isaiah was referring to was an even greater peace than that. And maybe some people try to find peace in the sales that they found this last weekend with Black Friday as they surround themselves with updated electronics. But I guarantee you that the peace that Isaiah was speaking about was a much greater peace than that. 
See, the peace that Isaiah was talking about was an all-encompassing peace. It was a peace that began with, with this words. He says it was something that was coming in the future, as he talks about it by saying the last days. Now, the last days are specifically returning, referring to a point in time that came after the Messiah would come. It's a point in time, and if you remember from a few weeks ago when I preached on Isaiah, as Isaiah looked in the future, he saw mountain ranges of peace. Beautiful peace that would be ours because of our Savior. And so he puts together in that picture the time frame that we are living in now after our Savior, and also the peace that we will have someday after the second coming of our Savior in heaven. But it's all a beautiful picture. He talks about the pinnacle of peace as being the highest mountain. So that all other mountains of peace are lesser in comparison to the peace that our Savior would bring. This is what he says specifically. This is in verse 2. He says, The mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as chief among the mountains. It will be raised above the hills, and all nations will stream to it. Now, when the Old Testament people heard this lesson, they immediately would have thought of Mount Zion in Jerusalem, where Solomon's temple was built. Solomon's temple was built around 1,000 B.C., and when Isaiah wrote this some three, 400 years later, it was still standing. And to the people, to the Jews, that was their symbol of peace. That's where they were reminded of their relationship with God. That was their church. And yet there was still something missing in their peace, in their relationship with God. See, they would still have to make sacrifices every day, twice a day at the temple for the sins of the people. They would still, once a year on the Day of Atonement, have to make a sacrifice, sprinkle the blood on the people to remind them of their sins and the innocent one who would someday take away all those sins. Something was missing. That peace wasn't quite complete. On top of that, they couldn't even enter into the temple. Only one time of year the high priest could go into the Holy of Holies, but the rest of the temple, only the priests were allowed there. If you were a typical Jew, you could only go into the outer area. You couldn't even walk into your church. It was a constant reminder that something wasn't quite right yet. They were looking forward to a day when their Messiah would come. They were looking forward to a greater peace when not only they would worship the Lord, but when, it, as it says here in this lesson, many peoples will come. Many peoples. Many peoples will come and say, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord. They looked forward to not just peace from war, peace from stress, financial peace. They looked forward to the greatest peace that was coming their way through one source. One source that would bring every type of peace imaginable. They're looking forward to the peace that their Savior, their Messiah, would bring. See, a lot of times we look for peace in the wrong areas. We think that we can find peace by being financially stable. We think that we can find peace by, by dropping those 10, 20 unwanted pounds that we've been wanting to drop for so long. We think we can find peace if we just figure out a way to, to fix our relationship with our coworkers, our friends. 
who think that we can find peace in so many ways in this world, making ourselves feel better by helping other people out, by giving to the poor, especially during this time of year, think that we can find peace by spending more time with family. And while all those things are good, and they give us some measure of peace, the greatest peace, the greatest peace is only found in our Savior Jesus, only in Him. And if we forget about that type of peace during this time of year, then we've missed the entire, the greatest peace that we can possibly have. There are a lot of problems in this world, right? Hunger, poverty, sickness, stress that comes from so many different aspects of our life in this world. And these are by no means small problems that we have. But the greatest problem of all always remains our sin. And see, what our Savior came to do was not deal with the symptoms of sin in our lives. He came to deal with the actual disease of sin. That's why he came here. Do you remember on Christmas Day when Jesus was born, the praises that the angels sang as they cried out, Peace on earth? There was a reason why they sang that, because finally, someone was going to deal with not just the symptoms of sin, but the actual disease. Jesus, when he came, yes, he did help the poor. Yes, he did feed those who were hungry. Yes, he did cure diseases. But the greatest thing that he set out to do was to focus on the main disease of sin. He went to the cross. He died for your sins. And he rose from the dead. And do you remember what happened on that day that he died on the cross? There was an earthquake, and then something very important happened temple of the curtain was split to show the entire world that that area that they were not allowed because they were not holy was now open to all. It was a reminder to you and me that we can, that we are holy because of what our Savior did for us. There's a reason why in our sanctuary we don't have a giant curtain separating us from the altar. We are holy because of what our Savior did. He removed the greatest problem that we have, the disease of sin, knowing that eventually the symptoms, too, would go away. We know and understand that, that eventually, when we get to heaven someday, all the symptoms of sin will be gone. We'll no longer have to deal with the problems that we face in family, the problems that we face at work, the problems of, of stress in this world, hunger, poverty, war, it'll all be gone. And all of that will be achieved not because of the work of the United Nations, but because of the work of our Savior. That is what will happen someday. But we have an incredible measure of peace right now in this world because of what our Savior did for us. Consider the peace that you have now because you know what your Savior did. You have peace knowing that no matter what happens in your life, how, how terrible things might get, you know that you have everything in the palm of a very powerful and loving God's hands who's taking care of you and providing for you. You know and you've seen the promises in the Bible that show that angels come and watch over you and protect you in ways that you can't even see or understand. You have peace in the forgiveness of sins, knowing that no matter how terrible of sin you committed in the past, it has been removed. You have that peace because of what our Savior did for us. 
And that peace even goes a step further when in the worst of circumstances, when a person dies, we know that we have peace, knowing that that person who died in faith is enjoying the greatest, final peace in heaven, the goal of their faith. As I was traveling this past weekend, I, I saw a, a bumper sticker, and maybe some of you have seen it. It's a bumper sticker that says, Coexist. And it's written in a number of different symbols, right? Symbols about different religions and people's preferences. And the idea behind that symbol, that is, is to move people towards peace, is that we have to do something in order to make this peace happen. We have to put aside our differences, especially our, relig our religious differences, so that we can have peace in this world. The problem is that it wants us to put aside Christ so that we can have and achieve that peace in our world. But what Isaiah talks about in our lesson is the peace that is coming our way isn't ours because of the work that we have done, but the peace that is coming our way is ours because of our Savior who came into this world to save us. And as he says, the one way that we will receive peace, he says in verse 3, he will teach us his ways so that we may walk in his paths. It says, rather, instead of putting Christ to the side, putting aside our differences, it says to draw closer to him. Draw closer to what our Savior says in his word. And it is true, as, I, as I've been a pastor the last, going on eight years now, I, I've seen how when, when a couple is having problems, usually it's not just a problem with their relationship together, but also a problem with their relationship with their God. When a child is having a problem, maybe at school with, or maybe with their parents, it's usually not just a problem with that child, but, a relation, but not just a problem with the relationship with that child and the parent, but also a problem with the relationship with that child and their Savior, their faith. The greatest peace that comes to us is the peace that's found in our Lord, in our Savior. And so we draw closer to Him. During this holiday season, let's let people see the greatest peace of all. Or as Isaiah says, let us walk in the light of the Lord. It's a peace that we don't have to work for to achieve. It's a peace that's already ours because of what our Savior did for us. And we can let that light shine, as he says here in our lesson. Let's walk in the light of the Lord. But not only helping others and being kind during this season of the year, but also letting other people understand why we are kind and why we have a special amount of peace in our lives so that they can have that same peace that we have, the greatest peace of all, in their Savior. Amen.